Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monso, and this is the Talking About the Same shit We've Been Talking About for Eight Weeks podcast. I'm joined by Brad Towns, former U of H athlete, who's very happy with how things are going in football. We're also going to talk basketball, but first... I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. Cougar athletes have to trust their coaches and teammates, whether it's going for it on fourth down, nailing that three-point shot, or trusting your teammate to hit that walk-off home run. If you've been in an accident, big or small, do not go it alone. You can trust Gus to fight for your maximum recovery. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. TrustGus.com. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. A score looks like you were in the game, but you weren't in the game. Brad? Yeah, for the, second, How you feeling? For, for the second week in a row, it's one of those that um, on paper, and there for a couple of minutes, it might have looked like we were competitive. I know that uh, people in the post game said that, hey, we were competitive. Not a person in the country thought that U of H was going to win that game. Technically, you're down. You're during the game. During the game, while as as it's happening, technically you're down seven or whatever, um, but you know that wasn't going to last. Nothing. I mean, of course, it's the second half. This team collapses in the second half. I mean, that's just that's just part and parcel of what they are. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's it's the it's no different today than it was the beginning of September. It's the exact same team. There is no progress in any aspect of this team. You would expect things to improve as you move on. No, that doesn't happen. And even in, even even as far as improvement goes, you would think that coaches still wouldn't be making dumb mistakes. But no, no, no. Two what illegal substitution plays. Okay. Two no, illegal substitution plays. It's not like you didn't do the exact same thing against Texas, except you didn't have illegal substitution penalties. You had to waste two timeouts on back-to-back plays, and you do it again. Yeah. And had a 10-man on the field timeout. I mean, how, do, how does this keep happening? Do you think we he's going to throw someone under the bus? We hear the constant excuse that, oh, well, the players didn't execute. The players didn't execute. Guess what? The coaches are showing in real time from the head coach down to every single coordinator, position coach, that somebody or multiple people are screwing up. They're not even executing. How can you expect any of the players to ever execute correctly when the coaches can't do it? Oh, this is going to make me have an aneurysm. Every single week, it's the same crap. Game in, game out. And then we have to sit through a damn press conference and listen to the same bull of well I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to make excuses but here's my list of excuses the only thing okay. consistent about this program and about this coaching staff is their inability to get shit done it sounds like you've thought about this i i we, we watch way too gone, much of this uh, yeah i feel like we could put out the same podcast that we put out last week and just change a few words from cincinnati to oklahoma state and change the final score. And I don't know if anybody would really know. It's another two score or more beat down in this league. And yeah, this is a step up from where you were in the AAC. But the football has not been that great this year. I thought it was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've seen a lot of it, the, the, the games U of H has played in. Who has played really well? Was it TCU? No. They couldn't, they couldn't finish drives. Was it Texas Tech? They played well in the first half, but then they kind of shut it down because they knew they didn't have to do much. Mm-hmm. West Virginia? Well, not really. Texas? No. They did not play well. Kansas State? Yes. I thought they played, they looked really good, but they also kind of shut it down in the second half because they knew they didn't have to do anything. Baylor? No. Cincinnati? No. Oklahoma State? Not really. They were good 
in the second half because U of H was inept and they they did what they had to do. But in terms of seeing a really good product out of teams in this conference, I, I say Kansas State, and that's pretty much it that I've seen in person. And you still struggled against UTSA. You lost to Rice, and Cincinnati is an AAC team. Yeah. And I just, the, the things coming out from Tillman and others justifying what you've seen and gaslighting to say that I haven't heard anything Anybody doubting or anybody have a problem with this? I, I wonder who he's talking to because he's not talking to the real fan base. And I, I make it a point to talk to people. I'm not a big small talk guy. I'm just not really that interested. But I've been talking to people to, to get a sense of what they think about this. Right. And I'm not, there's, we're, I'm not, there hasn't been anyone, anyone that's told me, you know, we just need to be patient. This is fine. Everything is going to plan. Like, I haven't seen that mm -hmm. from anybody. And I promise you it's not happening on our website or what we see on social media or anything like that. So no. I don't know where Tillman is getting this. I, I, I just think it was off the cuff and said something and really wasn't thinking about it because, man, I just it's hard to remember somebody so detached from reality well and you know the thing is is that, that even the groundwork is being laid over the summer when they did their best to lower expectations and say hey it's going to mm -hmm. be a rough transition this is going to be a transition year we're stepping up to the big boys you know we're we're doing all this and hey you just got to bear with us we got a long-term plan here um i told you at the very beginning of the of the season that six and six was the minimum, the bare minimum. And even if you get to six and six, I told you that there were going to be a good possibility to possibly pull seven or eight out of this schedule. And that's exactly how it's lined up. Because like you said, we haven't seen any world beaters out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most talented teams are obviously UT and Kansas State. Oklahoma State is a solid team coming off a really bad year last year, too. And the worst week you'll ever see. But I mean, Cincinnati has flat out collapsed and they beat us by 10. That should have been a, that should have been a, a layup win. Of course, you lose to, to Rice. I mean, that should never, ever, ever happen. And we lose to another backup at Texas Tech. I mean, everything was everything was set for it. Even Baylor was crippled, and it took overtime to finally beat them. But at least you got that one. I mean, everything was set for minimum six and six, and they didn't even look good to get to six and six. They didn't have to look good to do it. All you had to do was not to lose, not lose to Rice. So whenever I, whenever I read that, you know, hey, uh, you know, we're 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 progressing. We're getting better. We're 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 meeting expectations. If we can win out and get to six and six, no, you haven't. You haven't met expectations at all because it's not just the win loss record. It's how it, everything has unfolded to get to that win loss record. And there's a constant pattern of collapse, 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 collapse. Sometimes you come out flat. Sometimes you collapse. Usually you, you collapse. I mean, you overlook, apparently overlook Rice and Cincinnati, and or Cincinnati wanted it more. Um, in Kansas State, it didn't make sense. Yeah, Kansas State didn't make sense. Um, I did. I, I was happy to hear that we brought out the old. Uh, hey, we just got worn down in the. Uh, we got worn out in the in the um, in the third quarter. I, I, I haven't heard that, heard that one. I haven't heard that one since uh, TCU and Texas Tech. Yeah, I think Tech was the last one we heard it. Uh, had West Virginia hung on, I think we'd have heard it that week too. Uh, but you, you hit a Hail Mary and then, yeah. Uh, Tillman this week and then Dana last night in the press conference started this narrative of all we wanted to do was be competitive. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that was the whole goal was to be competitive. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's even that's even reduced from hey, we just got to make a bowl game. Well, now that you don't yeah. have a chance at a bowl game, oh, uh, we just now we really we we said that we wanted to transition well. Oh, we meant that we wanted to be bowl eligible. Um, oh, now we meant that well, we we just wanted to be competitive. That's cute. Yeah. That's that's convenient. Now you want to be just be competitive, and then you point to the Oklahoma State game and say, "Hey, look, we were close in the fourth quarter at one point. That was competitive. Don't pay attention to the fact that we lost by thirteen. But outside of that, and beating Baylor in overtime, and a hail mary against West Virginia, and a moral victory against Texas, were you competitive Ooh. against Cincinnati? Absolutely not. Ten point loss." Were you even remotely competitive? Did you even show up? Did you even get off the bus at Kansas State? No, 41 nothing. Were you competitive at Texas Tech for 30 minutes? And then you got and your doors blown Offensively, that was, you, you were not competitive on special teams or defense. You were just scoring. Were you competitive against Rice? I mean, against um, TCU? You were not competitive against Rice. You were not competitive against TCU. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you've got you've, you've got that. a lot of yeah. you got twenty point losses and double digit losses all across the board. If your goal now, your revised goal is we just wanted to be competitive. Guess what? You failed at that. So how far are we going to lower the bar now? What's going to be the next one? Well, going to Orlando at eleven a.m. on Thanksgiving weekend presents you with a lot of opportunities for creative excuses. Sun was too bright. Um, we stayed at Disney World too late last night. We were overlooking. 11 a.m.'s hard. We overlooking were overlooking Central Florida. You are overlooking looking Central ahead Florida to next for week. <laughs> looking ahead to uh, OU next year. Because that game makes sense. Probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they came back and they they won against UCF just to make everything that much messier. That would, and because Gus does Gus things, Gus Malls on. Yeah, but this matters to them. This is this gets them to their. This will get them to six hundred or five hundred. God, Brian, five hundred, six hundred, whatever. One of them. Uh, Yeah, they're five and six, so they need to uh, win this game. You know, they came close against Tech. And that would have been a three-game winning streak. They've got, uh, man. Well, when when you look at when you when when you're talking about, hey, we just we want to be competitive. Well, if that was UCF's goal, also, and if that was Cincinnati's goal, I would say that they've actually accomplished being competitive. Yeah, they got a bunch of one-score losses. Well, listen to this. They lost. I mean, they they weren't fortunate. They weren't fortunate enough to. uh, They weren't fortunate enough to get a hail mary. Um, the same weekend that we got the Hail Mary, they missed <clears throat> the uh, UCF missed their two point conversion against OU to win the ball game. So I mean, they're that was the Texas weekend, but yeah, they're, they're one they're one play away from being exactly where we are. But they have a number of their losses, one score losses, not even it's one not even score. That, with, Brad. There's there's I think they've got three or four. Losses by less than three points, so they're they a field goal one away. One point with Baylor, two points with OU. Uh, they beat Cincinnati by two points, and they lost Texas Tech by a point. They played four one or two point games in the conference. Mm-hmm. They and beat Boise that, by two. And to top that off, if they want to say, "Hey, we're building for something," I look at their number two recruiting class in the Big Twelve so far, and I think it's ranked in the top thirty in the country, and say, "Okay." I, that's legitimate. Okay, you guys have been competitive. It, you look like you're trying to do something and build towards the future. Cincinnati, similar. I don't think much of their head coach at all. No. But if their goal is like ours to be competitive, they've achieved that. They've also got, I think, the number 44 recruiting class coming in. Us, we haven't been competitive. We were competitive in, we won two games and we were competitive against Texas. Outside of that, no, double double digit losses, and couple that up with the lowest rated recruiting class in the Big Twelve to date, the lowest rated recruiting class in all of P five to date, and number one hundred one in the country. But remember, we're close to being really good. Did you see anything in the Oklahoma State game that you liked? 
I thought early on we did a good ball, good job of getting the ball downfield, using the middle of the field. Um, we looked like we had a clue on offense for about 15 plays. Um, that and Lane Wilkins doing what he does. Back-to-back weeks, he has saved us seven points by avoiding a sure block punt yeah. in our I, deep in I, our own end. I've not been impressed with the punt uh, protection. Uh, and he has struggled with a guy in his face this year. And oh, poor guy. Well, I mean, that all that all goes to being in a different league. This is when you this is when you really see the difference is that once there's tape on you, other teams are gonna dial in on it. And these mm-hmm. coaches are good enough to make those adjustments. These coaches do a good enough job of having the ear and the mind of their players that when they make these adjustments, these adjustments get done. That sounds like something you'd want. What do you make of, since we're on special teams and we're a special teams podcast and website, of U of H not returning kicks for the last two weeks until you're deep in the fourth quarter? You know, I found it kind. Of, I found it kind of odd, but then again, see, I'm different. I'm different than you. A lot of times, I would like to. I, I'm just. I'm fine with the fair catch and take the ball and let's just get going. But then again, in some spots. And then again, I have. I have to preface that with, I'm fine with doing that when we have a competent offense. Um, we haven't had one in years. Not against teams that had a heartbeat. Um, so maybe it's just my bias of of thinking way back in the glory days, just going full Uncle Uncle Rico, thinking about all the good times when I'd rather just have our offense have the ball and just let it rip. Um, but you didn't even do that then. You had Tyrone Carrier breaking an NCAA record for touchdowns on kickoff. That is true. Tyrone is really what made me fall in love with with this aspect of the game. Is because he just did crazy stuff, and he was unbelievable. You know, he he was unbelievable to watch because he he was so quick and so explosive. The only person that I've seen similar is um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> What's his name from uh, a couple years ago? Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones. I wanted to. Say, I was about to say Pac Man Jones. I'm I'm losing my mind here. Probably not the same guy. But the the end. We always think back to the crazy touchdown runs, but the ones the ones that that stick out in my mind are the ones where he, where he only gets 25, 30 yards, but he sets your offense up to do something. Yeah, that's three first downs. Um, not that, that that offense in particular needed a lot of help. But personally, I'm okay with it, but I understand where you're coming from uh, being concerned because – Special teams has is really one of our only real weapons that we have, mm-hmm. and so I think you're you're. I can see where we're hand could be hamstrung by not taking. Parker Jenkins of is the best athlete on the field on a kickoff. Get the ball in his hands and let's see what he does. Mm-hmm. Don't fair catch it at the nine. Don't fair catch it at the seven. Like if he gets to the goal line, that's fine. I'm okay with that. If you get to the two, okay. If you're at the nine-yard line, you've got to go 16 yards until you start making positive yards from the fair catch. Right? Can you do that? Yes. You should be able to do that virtually every time. And you just when you struggle so much on offense and to put the you had 18 first downs this week. You had 12 a week ago. It's not like you're you're going and and converting. You you were two of 10 on third down. Yeah. So why be so passive to start a drive? And I just. Well, I mean, we got to try to eat up clock. I mean, we're way behind on our time of possession. Well, hundred and whatever. We got to we got to do ball control. Yeah, I don't none, know. I mean, none of it none of it makes any sense at all. There, there's yeah. none of it makes sense at all. I mean, I cannot I cannot believe we're sitting here after this many years and thinking back that I think I I don't. I don't think that this team is even as good as the 2017, 20 first year of major Applewhite. 2017. Yeah. I really don't. I can't, I can't see a difference. Both defenses are horrific. Well, the, see the first major defense was not that bad. 
The second one was awful. Right. But the first one, well, let's look at the points given up. 2017, you gave up 286 points. That's not bad. You gave up 473 the next year. That's bad. Mm-hmm. So 286 at, at 12 games is 23, 24 points a game. You can, you can win 12 games doing that. Mm-hmm. The 2017 team scored 339. They scored 571 the year after with Kendall. So 100 and f- or 240 points more. And that's pretty good. Well, and on top of that, the offense this year is dramatically worse. Um, yeah. Now, I know that the counter to that is, oh, well, we were playing a, a much weaker schedule. And that is 100% correct. But we were also playing a much weaker schedule with allegedly much worse talent. We spent five years of bringing in 100-plus transfers. Yeah. G5 guys who were supposedly excelling at where they were were stepping up to, to be with us. P5 guys, we were getting, we were all excited. Everybody's telling me how great, oh man, look at this. This this guy was a four-star four years ago. This guy was a five-star two years ago. You got a, supposedly a lot more talent that the differential between the opponents from a personnel standpoint and on paper is not that far apart from the competition. And not only that, that was Major's first head coaching job and first season. We are in year four. Five, not only year five, you're in year five with a two-year head start on recruiting to the Big 12, and this team's worse. I always get such an energy bump when we do these. I mean, think think that you had to pay a buyout for whatever was left on Major's contract, and now you're about $20 million in to Dana. Over, but yeah. And $2 million in to the defensive coordinator, $2.5 million at least probably three, if you can count it the entire tenure. But regardless, you're paying him a million dollars a year to be terrible. It's cost you an insane amount of money to be worse. How is that? How, how, how is that possible? How can anybody see that and think that we're on the right track? We're close to expectations. I mean, when it comes to expectations, what was, what was the, what was our record against teams that are 500? This year, or in the entire tenure of Dana? I think it's 10 and 22. 10 and 22 against teams 500 or better in the last five years. And that includes a lot of AAC, borderline kind of talent, 7 and 6, 6 and 6. And and you could see it go to 10 and 25 this week if TCU, UCF, and Rice win, and Rice is going to win. TCU has a tough one, and UCF has got a well, you know, U of H. I mean, it, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those were just on generic platitudes to calm a brewing firestorm last week. But it, it, I mean, for for me to think otherwise, I'm going to have to use hope, and that's gone out the window. That's not a plan. That's not something that I have about this program. No. Because nothing has shown me a reason to have hope other than just blind luck. Just like if I'm walking up to a roulette wheel and putting a stack on 32 and saying, hey, my plan's to get rich. Come on, 32, hit. I'm rooting for you. Come on, 32. So Renu Couture said she was going to reserve judgment on this team until after the season. And she said some things to the one outlet when she was, you know, chased to a car. And I didn't take much from that. I mean, okay, fine. But sure. will she come out and say something or will she avoid the press like she always does? She's just, well, declines every interview and doesn't talk, and which is fine, but, you know. You know what? I would prefer that. I would, I would absolutely, if you're not going, if you're not going to drop the hammer tomorrow, um, I prefer radio silence. I'd rather them say nothing because what was said last week, I understand why things were said that were said, but I don't think it is a wise move to do so because you're telling people who are paying attention me and you that you're right on track, that this dumpster fire is meeting expectations. 
I mean, you're publicly going just, out and doing that. I can't that. believe he said that. Uh, it just, it's so much easier to say, we're going to, we're going to talk about this after the season. I mean, you just, there's nothing, you can't cause any controversy. You can't get I mean, anybody the, mad. You can get, it just, uh, I mean, you know, at that, at that point, the, the right answer that maybe a lot of people don't like, but the answer is what the answer is, is we've got two games left. We played well some. We we haven't played well in some, but we've got still got the opportunity to turn everything around, and that's it. But to expand and say, you know, we're close to expectations. Hey, this is big boy football. Hey, we're getting close. We're doing well. That is so ridiculous. I mean, you're you're telling you're telling the world that you, we have standards. They're not very high, but we do have them. So, I mean, you know, I, I can hope for a lot of things to happen or, or try to read into comments and and whatnot. But, you know, I'm just going to take it. I got to take it for, for what it is. And what it is, is not good. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, we got one week left. One week left. One week left. 11 a.m. Saturday morning up against LSU A&M in Ohio State, Michigan. I'm sure U of H is going to pull the biggest number of the three. Aren't we on? Are we going to be on like FS fourteen or something like that? Are they going to put us on? They a, actually are putting U like of H on FS one, which I think the Texas Tech game was on FS two. Yeah, it was. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I haven't heard any other games being on FS two. Maybe they are, and I just don't know. But that's that's like <laughs> that's like the UCF network these days. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So here's what we're doing. We're taping this right now, which is right before the U of H basketball game against Dayton. We're going to watch that, and we're going to come back and talk about U of H basketball and Dayton. How exciting! Towns might need to go take a walk. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. As you know, a great quarterback wins championships. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, you can trust Gus to quarterback your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. Three hours later. We're doing it live. Okay. Heart rates down. Basketball makes everything better. You're so competitive. And that's what I like is that, you know, you play to compete. Kelvin Sampson in the last eight years in these early season tournaments is 22 and three. 22 and three. It's and hard to fathom. It, it had been 25 years since you had won one of these tournaments. In the early season, and he's done it now five times. Mm -hmm. 2016, 18, 19, 21, and 23. And, I mean, you've beaten a pretty good... I think that Dayton team was pretty good. Um, I think they're going to give a lot of people a lot of problems. I agree. not this team. Well, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from them. Obviously, they did something I don't want to take anything away from them, but here I'm about to. Well, no, they obviously did something worthwhile in getting to this point. They look like a solid team. U of H just makes teams look not good. I, I mean, that's okay. I think it it'll they'll probably you know struggle here for a few days, but I think it'll help them and good for them. I have nothing against Dayton. No, no, I mean, I think they're. But you, I think they're you've beaten solid. some. Pretty good teams in the last couple of years. Uh, BYU, Washington, Josh Pastner's Georgia Tech team, <laughs> Texas Tech, when they were ranked 13. Uh, two years ago, you beat Oregon. When they were in the top 25, you pounded Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and you just beat a pretty good Utah team in, a, in a, what I think is a pretty good and will be a pretty good uh, Dayton team. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've played some good teams in these tournaments and just beating them down 22 and three is nuts. Yeah. You just don't see that. And it's just Kelvin Sampson likes to win trophies. And I mean, if you really want to talk competitive, mm -hmm. yeah, he likes to compete. Well, competitive, competitive means something completely different in this context. Competitive means going out and kicking your ass. Yeah. It didn't mean, hey, we're going to play good and, you know, whatever happens, happens. We're not going to really pay attention to the scoreboard just as long as we try good. And uh, everybody juice boxes and uh, orange slices at the, when it's over. 
No, it's we're going out there to suffocate you. We, we want to beat you and beat you bad and have you remember the beating that you took. It pretty much says it all. I thought Jamal Shedd had a highlight real day. Yeah. I think as good a day as you'll see. Um, so uh, I want to check the stats, but he was only credited with two steals and he had two on the same flip and play. Right. <laughs> and that just feels like that can't be right. But he didn't have, he had two steals. Yeah. He was seven to 13 from the floor. Cryer was six of 14. I felt like that was a little better. But, uh, and Juwan Roberts, he only had eight rebounds, but they all felt like they were in big moments of the game. Yeah. I wish, I wish we had, I wish we had access to their live score sheet um, of what they count as their keeping the ball alive dip drill and yeah. all that mm-hmm. all that good stuff because i mean it's just non-stop activity I and mean, they were really i would not want to be the lives. person that has to keep uh track of everything like the hustle stacks right u of h was seven of eight at the line by the way tugler's <laughs> the only guy that missed a free throw i mean you know as bad as it has been this year that's worth celebrating well, I mean, the only the only uh, issue there is we only got to the line eight times. Well, this game was called so totally different than what you've seen in these last two games. Yeah, it was kind of nice, you know. I love That's it. Going to benefit U of H a hey, hundred out of a hundred times. If a ref is if they're not if they're going to let the guys play, um, I, I pretty much bank that as a W going into it. They almost. Had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. It was seventeen and twenty-one. <laughs> That's nuts. You know, it's it's. Javier had more offensive boards than defensive boards. Yeah, I'm liking I'm liking his activity this year. He, yeah, you know, he when, did you know, a lot of good in, things. It's interesting to to see is that everybody seems to be much more comfortable in their roles this year. Yeah. I definitely, definitely, definitely more settled in in what they're what they're supposed to be doing, which is is nice. That was one thing I was really hoping to see this year. Is you know you've got everybody's going to step up and fill that void. And Jamal Shed looks like a different person. I mean, physically, obviously, he's he's transformed himself, especially from his freshman year. But he just seems, no, he's not wearing headbands. <laughs> he just yeah, he just seems. In complete command out there, and um, that that's a uh, that's. A, I think uh, Kelvin would tell you the same thing that they thought they were getting one guy, and they have gotten way more than they they bargained for. Yeah. Is that his brain took what they were coaching and just flipped it up a dial? And uh, I don't know. I mean, at some point, you just have to give the staff credit. Like they bring in guys that are kind of recruited and then kind of aren't mm-hmm. and turn them into something. I mean, Jawan Roberts is not supposed to be what he is. No, I don't think anybody expected that. I don't think he was recruited heavily. Right. But I mean, that's a, that's a first team all conference guy. It looks like, mm-hmm. and you know, let's see what he looks like against those guys. But um, I mean, you've really got to like, Cryer and Shed and Roberts um, running this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting I mean, there Emmanuel the- Sharp shot the ball. He was a, he had the third most attempts on a team, and the guy could not buy anything. No, he was rattling things. It, it's close. His shots there. He just you know bad day. Mm-hmm. And no, uh, it's gonna fall. Yeah, it's shooter, gonna happen. Shoot or shoot. I mean, look at. Cryer started off the season not the, not the cleanest, missed a lot of shots, and he missed a lot of shots today. Well, and you you but you still see that okay that shot it it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it it it's interesting in that LJ Cryer and Dunn both look like the next Kyler Edwards. Boy, you'd kill for that. <clears throat> I mean, their shot is just so clean. And so smooth. It's just nice, compact. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, if you wanted to do an instruction video, you're going to put these guys in there. Yeah. 
that 50 points just, in the I, tournament. I, I, love, I love the fact that they both just knocked down mid-range jumpers, too. And that's Boy, my, isn't that fun? That's my favorite shot in the game. 12 um, to 15-footers. Marcus just, made some, some floaters last year. Like he, he liked that shot. Oh, yeah. But Fabian White, the, black, uh, the Kelvin Sampson generation, Fabian White, I just loved him like at the elbow or out wide. Just a little floater, yeah. a little shot. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing this year could be fun. And Emmanuel Sharp is shooting a few. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, mm. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lose some games, but this is a fun team. And I feel that you're gonna get a lot more out of this team than you got out of last year's team. That was a good team. This can be a great team. And it's way early. It's too early to get hyped. But you won a tournament. You're six and zero. Oh. You should be in the top five tomorrow, today, whatever day it is. Right. When this comes out, it better come out Monday. Don't don't screw that up. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, the, what can the you thing, say? The thing I I see about this team is that they can be dangerous from a lot of different areas. Yeah. It's you not. Know, there was, it's certainly there, not a one dimensional team, but I don't think even a three dimensional team. I think there's just so many yeah. ways you can get beat. Yeah, and they just came through a hell of a nine days, yeah. winning five games in nine days. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure the way they practice and the way I'm going to tell you the way this team does shoot around is different than any other team. <laughs> Kelvin will intentionally run their asses and just beat them down and shoot around, mm-hmm. so that the game is more challenging because everything is building towards February, March, early April. Yeah. And yeah. if you lose a game now, that gives him more to work with, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so he just, like Galen will talk about just getting his ass run the day of a game. Mm-hmm. Just getting beaten down. And I love that. Like, I wish we could just had players on every one of these shows and just they tell us about how awful it was. <laughs> but how it made him a better player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't get mentally tough by having your coach tell you, you know, we just want to be competitive. Yeah, we just want you to Or by your billionaire. Yeah. I'm a little salty tonight. It happens uh, to the rest of us. Yeah, it happens. You know, I was thinking about home court advantages. And you know who has given the best home court advantage ever? Is Dana Holgerson, but to opposing teams. That's been oh, really yeah. small of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to be accommodating to visitors. It's it's only, it's only you know, the right the thing to do. The Tourism Bureau. Treat people nicely and got a yeah. big sign. Welcome to Houston. Mm-hmm. Points will be available. <laughs> okay, uh, back to happy world. What uh, what stood out to you today? Obviously, the intensity was there. You worried maybe, you know, tired legs, which you saw a little bit of Friday, but you didn't see that. And no. that start to the second half was as good as we've seen. You know, they they um. The announcers kept saying, oh, Jamal's, Jamal's, he's tired. He's tired. He has to come out of the game. And right about that same time is when he goes and gets that double steal in a, in one possession. And I'm yeah, sitting there watching was, him and I'm like. He was tapping the head. He was, he was wanting out. He, it's like. But he didn't okay, stop playing. Th- exactly. That's, that's the thing is that he's supposed to be tired. So I'm supposed to see him slow down, but. Right, him being tired, he doesn't slow down until he hits the wall. Yeah, well, he's or they not allowed. To pull him out. They're not. They're. I mean, he's just not allowed. I don't think it's in. I don't think it's in his nature. Well, certainly, yeah, I agree with that. But it's. And I'm not saying that the contract what, he has with this program is that he's not allowed to to give up to take a playoff. Right. Every player in every sport at every level takes plays off, but Kelvin's not letting his point guard do that. No, I mean, that's just, that just comes with the role of being point guard. It's, that's just the way it is. You would think, but I, I think that. Well, no, that's the, that's the way it is. That's the way it is on, here. yeah, on Kelvin Sanson team. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, the point guard is the most important person, and they have more expectations placed on them. They have a higher standard placed on them, and they are going to get mentally tested every single day more than anybody else. Elvin has a saying, the head coach, the point guard, and the best player can't have bad days. 
Exactly right. And you could say Cryer's the best player. Kelvin says he's the best shooter. But Jamal Shedd's the best player. And Jamal Shedd's a point guard. And Jamal Shedd is basically the assistant head coach. I think Shedd is going to have a great coaching career if that's the way he chooses to go down the road. Because he has that. That thing that those people have that we don't. And, you know, people tell me Galen's going to have that coaching career. I don't know. I think Jamal will. Um, he just has that that next level mind. Yes. And whether he's whether he wants to be a coach or, or what, whatever he wants to do, he's going to play a uh, a significant leadership role. He's going to be yeah. a guy that that everyone looks to to make things happen. Yeah. And man, it's so weird how one sport to another day to the next day is so different. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm it's, struggling it's like, looking it's, for something that we can talk about that's mildly critical. And oh, I, can't there, find I mean, it. there's, there's, there's. That's the thing about it is, is as well as they played and as strong a game as they played, they're still nowhere close to playing their best. I mean, there was oh, a no, of, of course there not. was a lot of mistakes, a lot of lapses out there, slow rotations, missed rotations, you know, ill-advised pass, ill-advised shot here and there. But it's not something that compounds on top of each other. Yeah. And it's also Putin had points in the paint than U of H did. And they also had assist on 15 and 19 buckets. I'm guessing that will be brought up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you can't let people pass that well and score that well in the paint. And I, just a few times I saw JBR Francis have a great possession for 27 seconds. But then give up a bucket late, yep, in the possession, and you just you got to be better than that. And it's being good for twenty seven seconds is awesome, and it's amazing. And but you just can't give that bucket up at the end. It doesn't. It's not going to work. And I would argue that if you give it up at the end, at the end of scoring near the end of the shot clock is devastating. I'd rather give. I'd rather give up a shot. You know five seconds into the shot clock, then work it all the way down and then have a backbreaker like that. You know, and I you mean, we've seen that we've, several times today, right? We've Deep seen it. Threes. Yeah. You see, I mean, you see, you see how it affects our opponents when we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, it's, it's such a dramatic difference of, uh, your passion level seems a little different than earlier. Do what? Your passion level is a little different. It's it's a cleanser. It is a spiritual cleanser. It's such a joy to watch Kelvin work. And the reason, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy watching Nick Saban for the level of excellence he achieves and the way he's able to consistently do it year in, year out, decade after decade. I mean, just constantly high level. And I admire that because I understand how difficult that is. And it's Im- it's impossible to replicate, but it's something that has to be tried. Everyone has to search for that level of excellence and that level of consistency and be unwavering in the search to be able to achieve that. And if you're not, you know, that's that's fine, but you're not going to be what, you expect to be or hope to be. And I say that not as someone who does it. I'm saying someone who doesn't do it, who hasn't been able to achieve that. It's just amazing to me. I'm pretty happy with what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a really good start. It's very encouraging. And, um, although I hated listening to the announcers during this tournament, um, they did, they did point out something that I thought was poignant in that, it looks like Shed and Cryer, it's not their, you know, sixth game together. It looks like they've been playing their entire college careers together. It really looks like they are completely comfortable and that, you know, Australia and what they've done so far. I mean, they've basically been playing together since June 1st. That's yeah. when they started workouts. And, but they, you're right. They just don't look like it's something that's been pieced together. No, and Jamal can pull that out of people, mm-hmm. and we'll see. But man, I, 
it's pretty exciting to get to see this develop as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'm going to have a conversation with Jawan Roberts about is early in this game, he got dunked on by a white dude. And not that athletic white dude either. <laughs> and they have a what I believe to be a hundred inch television in the dining area in the Guy V. It's on the second floor. You can see it from space, but from the parking garage across the street, you can see this TV. You can see like everything. You could basically read the closed captioning if they had it. Like that's how big this TV is. But we're gonna put that dunk on that screen. And have him break it down for me because, honest to God, what are you doing? <laughs> but he had a really good game, really good tournament. I thought, yeah, he's starting yeah. to show you something. And, you know, we have been on Jawan Roberts from day one. Yes. And uh, thank you, Kelvin and Jawan, for making us look geniuses. But, you know. Yeah, there's just so much. There's just so much to like about all the pieces. I mean, even even the uh, the spare parts, if you will, um, guys that are going to be playing smaller roles but important roles. Regardless, um, it's nice to see different rotations come in, be able to fit together, be able to play off each other. And I don't know. It's I don't feel like they're searching as much as they were searching last year. It's fair. Sometimes we don't have anything to say because the team was so bad. But today it's like we don't have a lot to say because I mean, what do you say? How do you how do you add to what you just saw? I mean, that's the good that's the good thing about it is that their greatness doesn't need to really be explained or it's oh. hard to it's hard to do it more justice than what you watch visually. Now, some people outside this who aren't U of H fans probably don't get it. Good. Because from from an outside point of view, it probably looks like utter chaos, and it looks like it can look like a mess. But that's that's part of what what this team does and what this program does is that will they will make you look really really sloppy, and they might look sloppy doing it at times, but it's just constantly beating on the other on the opponent and just the mental and physical drain that this team in this program takes out of other players. Um, it's just beautiful to watch because it's doing all the little bitty things that, you know, a lot of people might take for granted. Yeah. I have nothing to add. I really don't. LJ Cryer just posted Jawan Roberts. That's all he posted. <laughs> just Jawan Roberts. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm with you. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't need a whole lot of uh, explaining on that. Just he, that's just the guy. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Mm. When's the next game? Friday afternoon. Have Montana, and then you have uh, six or seven, five, six days off, and then you go to Xavier for the Big East, Big Twelve, whatever they call it. That'll be interesting. I think that's very that. interesting because that's a great environment. Yeah. And. They play the kind of ball you need to play against. Like, I think that's a great matchup. And then you'll get a couple days or two weeks of mediocre teams, Rice and Jackson State, who did beat Missouri today. And then you get A&M at Toyota Center. Hey, I hope hope everybody that we play wins every game that they play except for ours. Sure. Right. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it only benefits us. Yeah. According to Ken Palm, U of H is number one in adjusted defense and number 10 in adjusted offense. I guess that's okay. It's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, I take all, I take all of that with a grain of salt with, you know, a yeah. long season and, and Six being, games. being, being early. I mean, and no, nobody's playing a, uh, it doesn't look like any of the top teams have played six. Everybody's like three and oh, three and one. Four no, that's interesting. Well, we, we, we Purdue is number two at in their three and zero, oh, and I don't know who they have. I just haven't seen them. But man, that would be a great matchup. Purdue? I like my chances against a bunch of stiff white guys. <laughs> I would, I would gladly play Purdue anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I would gladly play any Big Ten team anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I think I saw that. 
the top 11 teams in the Big 12 are number 47 or better in Ken Palm right now. Yeah, didn't surprise me. And then Utah is 44. Uh, who else that is coming in the league? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Yeah. Colorado. Doesn't look like it. Arizona State. Colorado's up there too, yeah. I have no idea who they've played or what they've done. Towson, Grambling State, Milwaukee. Hmm. All at home. That doesn't sound like a great schedule. They don't really go on the road until conference. Well, they you know, they've gotta they've gotta do what they need to do to get prepared for next year because this ain't the Pac-12. No, you don't. You don't think I mean, Pac-12 is just glorified CUSA, dude. That conference, dude. that conference is trash. Well, a little bit. I'm happy to have those guys next year. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. All of them. It should make a, it should make an interesting, a more inter, it'll make it an interesting football season for sure. But it'll be even more so in basketball. You think you would think one day that Utah is going to rediscover the Majera Ma, Majerus magic? Oh, he was great, but I mean, I think you're just not ever going to have that <laughs> kind of coach again. It's possible. It's hard to. It's hard. I'm to not looking forward to all these freaking trips to snowy places in basketball season. I mean, I am looking forward to it, but I'm not. Well, I mean, you're not going to be outside. That's 100% true. So, but, I mean, come know, on. So, but you know, at least at least the uh, road trips in the new new and improved mm-hmm. Big 12. I mean, you know, you get to go to Arizona. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, the new trips are great. The new trips are going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, basically the only places I'm not looking forward to Cincinnati and Orlando, but I'm not going to either of those. For the foreseeable future, we've you know we've done that in Orlando. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm really interested. I'm really interested in the uh, road trips to West Virginia for football. Yes, for basketball, mm, if they still had Huggy, maybe true. But yeah, all right, that's it. That's all. Last day of Dana Holgerson press conferences Monday. That's too bad. You mean they don't have one to wrap up the season after the uh, finale? He's not a fan of that. It turns out. Well, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think he was a fan of any media appearances. No, he's really not. I didn't think. It turns out he doesn't like us. Yeah. Uh, get all your punt collection needs at punt.gocooks.com if you need a shirt about punting. That's right. Yeah. We put the special and special teams. Boy, that's true. Uh, thanks so much. Gokooks.com, all the social media. We'll do stuff, but it's Thanksgiving and, you know, we'll still do stuff. But yeah, renew. Do what you do. Yahoo! I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, who you have on your team matters. You can trust Gus to get you the best possible results for your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS.